0: What is up, everybody? Thanks for joining us. We've got a great show for you today. We're talking about Darlington and the great Southern 500 that it was. We've got a ton of F1 to talk about, a little bit of news with IndyCar. The NHL playoffs are in full stride with the conference finals, as well as the NFL starting this weekend. And the English Premier League is returning once again. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this one. and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. It is Sunday night right after the Southern 500 and Josh and I are so excited to record this episode directly after the race. Josh, how's it going? It's
1: going quite well. That was a a very enjoyable race that we just got to to enjoy, so I am uh, quite quite stoked. How about you?
0: I I loved it. It uh Usually, I've been very cynical this year with uh, with lengths of races, but uh, the Southern Five Hundred is such a staple in the NASCAR season. So five hundred miles at Darlington, just it's just not right when it's not five hundred miles, uh, and it was just perfect. It was a strategy-filled race, which have become my favorite types of races. I sometimes I prefer tons of strategy over random cautions. Sometimes I mean I like cautions; it bunches up the field. But there's something about strategy. I just I just love it. Light,
1: light, light. Yeah, that is 100% the difference. Like, if you get to some of these, the tracks that have 500 miles and there's little to no tire fall-off, I mean, even, like, was it the Texas race earlier this year where there's zero tire fall-off and it was kind of an extremely dull race because it was, like, 400 miles Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything, but this race like Darlington, where they have it's an abrasive track, there's tire fall off, and you got to pit pretty regularly. It creates all these different dynamics throughout the race. Where even like on a long run, the second stage would be probably considered to have been the the dullest point of the race. Um, but even within that, you had like Eric Almarola go on this long run where he was like an 18th at the or so at the beginning of the stage, and he was at the end of the stage one of the fastest cars now you know that's not necessarily the most exciting thing watching a guy go from 15th to 8th or whatever but you know having <laughs> it, those different dynamics yeah. just makes it more enjoyable
0: it could prove to be something later in the race if, if you know what his car what his car does um, we did see Jimmy Johnson kind of get up be up there at the beginning when the sun was still out and then he kind of seemed to fall back a little bit uh as the race went on i'd say i think the last time he was in the top five was was it the final restart or next to last restart where he was i think restarting third and then he quickly faded uh, yeah he faded towards the rear
1: and he was kind of the first one to try the reverse pit strategy Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't exactly work out too well for him it seemed like all the hendrick cars in general kind of were good at the beginning i think at one point all four of them were running in the top six um, and then they all kind of faded, and then they all kind of rebounded, with the exception of um, Johnson. And I think Johnson's was more because of just the way the strategy fell for him, and he kind of got shuffled out on one of the restarts. So, mm. um, but it was fun seeing him. Like at one point, I think I texted you. I was like, if he gets in the lead, he could drive away from the field. Yeah,
0: and I was really hoping for that too. Yeah, just really wanted to see, him, especially in that seven, in the seven-time champion themed car with uh richard petty's colors and and dale hart's colors and and jimmy's number that's really cool tribute kind of a tacky car but also like kind of cool looking if that makes sense because it's like a blend of just three completely different paint schemes into one (laughs) uh yeah but and but with the with i guess the, the description of the car is is really cool for those of us who have been following nascar for a long time
1: yeah, it was, like you said, it, it's, it was off-putting, um, and at, at first I was like, what? And But then um, it, it's it's just cool to be able to honor the two other seven-time champs um, in that way, and then also to have the rest of the Hendrick cars running, um, historic Jimmy Johnson paint schemes. It was confusing. There's I'm not going to lie. There's multiple times where I saw Alex Bowman's car and was like, hey, there's Jimmy, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Nope, that's that's not him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't I had you had to wait till the camera got to the side of the car if it if it was uh if it was uh Chase or Alex. That that was my confusion of the night. Now mm-hmm. was Byron's throwback was that to Jimmy's like red, white, and blue Lowe's car? Yeah, was that throwback that he, to him?
1: he ran in like the two thousand and eleven All Star race or something. okay. Like that's now was, just clicking. Okay. Yeah, it was like it was a random paint scheme to like attribute to him, but I guess you know his—he kind of had one paint scheme for a majority of his career, yeah. just with slight alterations. So, right. um, which speaks to how cool of a career he's had—that he had so many years with just Lowe's. Just
0: Lowe's. Um, Maybe they'll be so on yeah. his car for like the last race. That would be cool.
1: <gasps> that'd be so. That'd be so awesome.
0: Can we make a plea to Lowe's? <laughs> just one race. <laughs> Don't give him any money. Just let him put it on your car. Right. <laughs> Free advertisement. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, Darlington just coming out with all the stops. This is our third race, technically, at Darlington this year. I'm okay with that. Three races at Darlington. Let's do more of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's. I think there's three tracks this year that ultimately get three races, but Darlington's the only one that it's on the same track every time. The Roval mm. and Daytona – or Charlotte and Daytona, you obviously have their, their Rovals. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see um, because they kind of had – a better notebook than any other track for mm-hmm. this. So you should have seen kind of the cream rise to the crop. And I think for 90% of the race. The, yeah, that's right. Right? The cream of the cream crop Cream to the rise top. rise to
0: the top. Yeah. Yeah, that's there something like that. You got it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um I think we saw that for uh the first 257 laps.
0: Mhm.
1: Um or so until or Whenever Hamlin kind of got into his trouble, until then, you kind of had it was still those three were the
0: dominant. Well, there was a moment there where uh, it was the and I put it in our notes, kind of the the resurgence of the big three, if not four. We had Truex, Kyle Busch, uh, Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick up there, and I was like, oh. I remember these days. <laughs> They're all up here. I really thought Kyle Busch was like maybe gonna sneak a win in there, but he ended up finishing seventh or eighth or something like that.
1: Yeah, his car just—it just the speed's just not there. Like there's a few times where he was coming, and like he'd get behind a car, and I'd be like, "All right, let's see how quickly he gets around this next car." Um, like I'd see it with Byron or Bowman a few times, and he got behind him and just like he'd get to within like two tenths. And then two tenths became three tenths, which became five tenths. And then he's like a second back, and I'm, so it's just the speed's just still not there. Yeah, and that's just necessary.
0: He's got we've got uh, two tracks that he's good at coming up, so I don't know. I can't guarantee anything with Kyle Busch. No one can right no. now, but uh, to start, good.
1: I would say I, I would almost guarantee that he's gonna make it to the next round. But then mm-hmm. looking at the point standings, you really can't do that. Nobody's no. so close outside of Hamlin and Harvick. Harvick's obviously clinches the next round, but outside of Hamlin, like nobody's safe.
0: I mean, um, from Brakuslaski, who sits third, to Alex Bowman, who sits eighth, there's a uh, twenty points that separate them all. Yeah. So yeah, or yeah, because has got uh, two thousand twenty nine, and Alex Bowman has two thousand nine. So, mm-hmm. not a lot of room for error.
1: Nope. And so, I mean, you saw Ryan Blaney's been one of the better cars all year, and he was out to lunch all day today. Uh, oh up, Yeah. Lap down.
0: Started the um, day failing pre-race inspection. Went to the rear, yeah. and also lost his crew chief. So they had to, from what I caught, the tail end of it, like they, I don't, know if they scrounged up one of the crew guys to be his crew chief. I don't know if it was his car chief or or who it was. I didn't really follow up on it. But anyway, he just did not have a good race from the start, which you really can't. Kyle Petty had a good point. Like you really, you can't have a throwaway race at all in these playoffs. You you think you can, but you really can't because come that third race, if you're not sitting pretty, you know, you you could have wasted your chances earlier on in the playoff. Mm -hmm. Um, But who knows? I mean, Ryan Blaney has been, he's been consistent this year, but he's also been, just not quite where you'd want him because he only has one win to his name this year at Talladega, and uh, he's gonna have to pull something together, you no know, next week to, to keep himself safe. Otherwise, he might get knocked out early, which is gonna be something against what most of us predicted.
1: Yeah, I think if I I saw two different things. One thinks that he's seven points out. Another thinks that he's seventeen points back out. I think NBC said seventeen points out, um, and like I feel like seventeen points out. He can't have any more mis- bad races, but I think I feel like he can make that up. Um De Benedetto on the other hand, seventeen points out, I'm like, Oh man, mm. I don't know if you can do that. Um
0: He's but, gonna have to win. He's good at Bristol. If he can win at Bristol, he'll be all right.
1: Right, right. So,
0: uh yeah, so the bottom four right now are Clinton Boyer, Kyle Bush, wow, Kurt Bush and Matt Unreal. The dark horse forever will be Eric Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, poor guy. He
1: he was really consistent tonight. He, he was kind of fell off at the end. He he was at in I think seventh, um, and then had so I don't know what happened. Byron was trying to pass him for several laps and couldn't. And then one time they showed it, and instead of uh, Almarola being in seventh, Almarola was in eleventh. I was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I think he kind of hung out there, eleventh or tenth, and. And then gained a few spots with the uh, the excitement at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was consistent, solid, and he's you know right there at zero in the playoffs by zero points right now.
0: Is he yeah. tied with Boyer. Yeah. So, uh huh. Yeah, they are tied. Or yeah, or Eric and Cole Custer are tied, and your guys. Is that who you're talking about?
1: Well, who's tied at twelfth and thirteenth?
0: Twelfth and thirteenth, Eric Omro and Clint Boyer.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah. So they're, Basically. he had a solid day and yeah. he's still on the cut line by Yeah. no margin of error.
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, hang on. Let me re- read here. Okay, he's got 2005 points. Clint has 2004. Kyle Busch has 2003. Kurt has 2001. Matt D has 2000. So. That was
1: pre race.
0: Is, is this not updated? They said this is updated. Rude. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is all false information I'm giving everybody. Yes. Cool. Well Unintentionally. Yeah, I'm so sorry, everyone. Uh, oh wow, they suck. <laughs> it says updated Cup Series standings. Wow, this website's terrible. Congrats. Oh, sorry everyone. I've been giving everyone bad information. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs>
1: but basically, Almerola and Boyer, I believe are separated by zero points right now.
0: We're going to go with it. (laughs) Yes. Almerola.
1: so right now it's... um, This is the battle between eighth... Really, I mean, between Kozlowski is 22 points above the cut line and fourth. Um, And then the battle between the cut line, you have... um, Austin Dillon's 10 points above it. Byron's 9 points above it. Kyle Bush is 7 above it. Kurt Busch is 4 above it. Al Merola is 0 points above it but in. Clint Boyer is 0 points behind but out. Cole Custer's 3 points out. And then Matt DiBenedetto and Ryan Blaney are both 17 points out. Uh, which, if Ryan Blaney goes out and wins both stages next week, he eliminates that 17 point disadvantage pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. And so, thanks to stage points the next two races i mean it could go if anybody between third and 16th has a bad race and like wrecks early on Mm -hmm. they're in big trouble
0: yeah do you think uh richmond is going to provide a better race now that it's in the playoffs rather than years prior where it's been the cutoff
1: was Uh, it in the playoffs
0: last year Cause wasn't yes, wasn't, wasn't indie that wasn't in, yeah? Cause Indy was the cutoff last year. Yeah. Worst yeah. decision to ever happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I think
1: it'll be a fine race, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if there will be big drama. It'll just be like, don't hurt. It'll be more of a like, don't ruin the day for yourself. With mistakes right. type of race, I think.
0: Right. Well, should we? So, so the cool thing about. Some long races is that it gives plenty of time for drama to happen, which is why uh, like uh, 12 hours of Sebring is awesome because 12 hours, you know, the race has so much time to unfold. The Monster 24 hour. There's reasons why these races are so great. NASCAR has been doing very long races for a long time and it's time to shorten them up. However, this race is 500 miles and should stay 500 miles because it's such a unique track. And because of that, here's my point. We got to see something unfold at the end that took out two drivers, Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr. taking each other out. But really, Martin Truex Jr. took out both of them, but didn't blame himself for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much.
0: I mean, I was like, I was like so hoping that I could be on... Not either like a side but I was really hoping Truex would just own up to it because he kind of did in his in the radio chatter I saw like he was like sorry guys that one's on me but then in his interview he's like yeah, I mean I just feel like you know when you have the position you should be given it I was like are you kidding me do you know what time of year it is if that were if roles were switched do you think you, you would put uh chase in the wall like right then and there I don't know I was just Ugh, I was really hoping for a better interview. Chase kind of was just like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Oh, well. I mean, I don't know if Chase will retaliate. He might. He might not. He might just race him on the track hard. I don't know. Like Richmond. Maybe he'll wait till Bristol. <laughs> Chase
1: doesn't. Chase just doesn't strike me as a retaliatory guy.
0: Ooh, good He's, word. He, Is that a word?
1: Kind of <laughs> retaliatory. Yeah. Yeah. um but uh he um so he just he kind of has that he understands that they're racing i almost think that as a guy gets further into his career there becomes this i don't know what it is exactly but it seems like the older a guy gets the more and more he desires to kind of Let racing be a bit more respectful-driven. I think. Mm. Um, they there's kind of this expectation, and I don't know. I mean, it's like sometimes I struggle with you know working as with students regularly, um, middle school and high school students. I still struggle at times with remembering what it was like to be. A fifteen-year-old, a six, you know, fourteen-year-old, whatever age range. Mm-hmm. Even though I can remember parts of it, there's still things that occasionally something gets brought to mind. Like I completely forgot what it was like to be fourteen,
0: mm. you know.
1: And I think that could probably be the case too, where as a thirty-seven-year-old, you you kind of your thoughts change, or I guess it Truex is forty-one now, yeah. forty-one-year-old. It's oh. kind of where for him it might just be like, well, I had the position. I feel like he should have cut me some slack there. And for Elliot, as a, what twenty six year old, it's like, yeah, we were racing. He thought he had it. He didn't. We wrecked. Is what it is. <laughs> uh, I, I could be off base. With <laughs> no,
0: that. I think that's a that's a really good point. No, it's, it's more of a Truex is more of that like you know gentleman's game type of mentality. I get it. That makes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have that. I'm just like, bro, you've been doing this for a long time. You know, you know how this is gonna end.
1: Right. Right.
0: But, hey, I'm not behind a wheel of a race car. I'm behind a microphone pretending I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: coming up with theories like, you know, something about age having to do with it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you we'll go know. With yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but
1: it then created some great excitement there down the end with Austin Dillon chasing down Harvick. Well, trying to, at least. Um, after all that unfolded, there was a moment where I was looking at the scoring pile and I got really excited because – basically first through fifth once harvick got in the lead um or first through sixth because at the time elliot was still kind of trying to stay out there a little longer mm-hmm. we're all within about two and a half seconds of each other and so i was thinking is byron or jones gonna like have better tires at the end and make a run is logano gonna be in there is dylan and harvick gonna get to racing you know what's gonna happen because it's a top five that you don't most people wouldn't have had money on I'd say three out of the five guys being in the top five
0: at uh, the, end of the race. The fact that the 22 was there surprised me.
1: Right. I After mean, the did damage. Did you see his everywhere?
0: car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Kevin so, Harvick, Austin Dillon, Joey Logano, Eric Jones, and William Byron was your top five.
1: Yeah. Which, another shout out to William Byron. Going into the second Dover race, he was sitting at zero top fives in 25 four races and now he has three straight top fives so looking at that wow. progress go ahead dude oh boy it's back
0: there it is so that's cool so good for him yeah right. great for him uh in the end jgr beat themselves i say that you know i wrote that as a note but then i look at the results and kyle bush he still finished seventh so not it's not a kyle bush day but at least it's top 10
1: right and, and I eric jones
0: finished fourth right <laughs> so really i say jgr beat themselves that was my nice way of telling my my brother-in-law and my my dad uh the 19 the 11 beat themselves <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh,
1: eric jones kind of i think darlington's really it shows a driver's skill you know to be able to get around there and so the fact that eric jones has been in the sport for three years now mm-hmm. uh, and has four years three or four years in the cup run, series yeah in the Cup Series, yeah, and has run. Um, this is, would be at least, I guess, six Cup races at Darlington, if he's run for three years. So the three this year, and then two, one in each of the previous two years. Mm-hmm. And he's never finished outside the top ten.
0: Oh wow! So that, that's, that's crazy. A,
1: yeah, so that's a phenomenal statistic. Shows his talent. Um, so we'll see where he ends up.
0: I'm well, the more, the more, Go ahead. To,
1: I'm starting to lean towards the 48 being where he ends up.
0: Jones going to the forty eight. I feel like we touched on this when we were probably talking about uh Joey Logano going from the twenty to the twenty two and how that was like his that was his last chance and he just fits so well with the Pinsky organization. I wonder if Eric going to the forty eight, if he's gonna just blend well with the Hendrick guys and just take off. I mean that's not a bad call for, for Hendrick. To take, yeah. to take Jones. I don't really know who else they would get. That's a free agent.
1: Right. Yeah. That's kind of the struggle I have too. One of the things that's one of the things that's just interesting to observe over the years is how it doesn't seem like teams can have four successful teams. Mm. And so even so, you've always had the one of the JGR teams struggles. One of the Hendrick teams seem to struggle it's very rare that you have a year where all four teams like are going well and so Stuart Haas Stuart Haas yeah um where they had um well all four of them made the playoffs so oh that's true them.
0: oh wow good but, wow no <laughs> one has said that no one has made that known good yeah. for them anyway
1: right or did I no I
0: you're right something? no the four the 14 yeah, the 10, 14, 10 and the 10. 41
1: yeah, I keep thinking that Kurt Busch still drives for Stuart Haas. <laughs>
0: I was literally like thinking, who's it? Kurt Busch? Nope, that's not him. Not anymore. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah, but uh, so, and, and even still, you know, out of those the Stuart Haas racing teams, realistically, Kevin Harvick's the only one that's a championship contender. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't be surprising if all three of the other Stuart Haas cars went out in the first round. If that happened, none of us would be super shocked. You know, um, yeah. So, so I don't know. It would be interesting to see how he fits, and I'd I'd like to see him, him do well. Yeah, he goes. I hope he, I hope he's not
0: done. Um, yeah, he's he's just a good talent, and maybe he's just not in the right. I want to say right in like, not the right equipment. Just maybe just he's just not the right vibe for JGR, whatever that vibe might be.
1: I just think I just think he needs. One more year. I think one mm-hmm. of the things we talk about is age just is such an important factor with racing. And very few drivers really get it before they're age 24, 25 around there. Yeah. So Jones is 24 this year. So a lot of people expected this year to be the, the year he made that big step. But he's not that far off in a lot of races from Kyle Busch. It's just that he's kind of had the luck not go his way or a few different whatever it may be, didn't go his way, leading to him not making the playoffs. But I just feel like he's right on the cusp of making a big step. And so if I was JGR, I mean, it's hard with mm-hmm. Christopher Bell and the year he's had. I yeah. don't want to give up that talent either. So I don't mm-hmm. want to be in their shoes.
0: No, I don't envy them at all. At all. It's interesting how the the age – the age thing with NASCAR is so different compared to, and I'll just compare it to two things that we talk about a lot on here, Formula One and soccer, because Jones is how old now?
1: 24.
0: He is 24. Okay. Yeah. So 24 is, like in Formula One, 24, you better be doing really well or there's a chance you're not going to get your ride back. Case in point, the average age of the podium today was 23.3. Mm-hmm. And it was called science it, uh, Pierre Gasly and Lance Stroll and 24 in soccer you're I wouldn't say you're getting you hit your peak yet you're still on the rise but you need to be on the rise or otherwise someone else is waiting to take your place and in NASCAR I don't think that's really the case I feel like like you just said 24 25 somewhere in there you're still you're still figuring out who you are as a race car driver you're still trying to really figure out these racetracks and which ones you really thrive at and which ones you need to really work on. And I I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but maybe the prime age for like when you've really gotten a grasp on things is like late twenties, early thirties. Is that a safe thing to say? Is that a, a, like a fair thing to say?
1: Yeah, so it generally works where basically um, the way it's it's judged by people like David Smith is you have your 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 peer is the like kind of it's an an acronym but it basically um applies to how you drive based off of your age and generally you're like above average for most drivers it like increases as you get older and 39 is the peak year so basically you're it should be a steady gradual improvement until you're 39 and then it starts to go downhill this is just nascar right this is just nascar okay um And so one of the things that it's really talking about is the importance of um, kind of the way you develop mentally, your brain develops and things like that, matching up with your eyesight. And around 39 Uh is when there's a great drop in eyesight. And so that's why you see this plummet begin to happen around 39, 40, 41. Now, occasionally you'll see anomalies based upon either – you know, whether it be something about that driver personally, like Kevin Harvick's a big anomaly dominating still as a 44 year old. Um, and then you have years like Mark Martin's as a 50 year old won a bunch of races, but that was largely because he was in one of the two fastest cars all year. And so things like that can affect that. But as far as like showing the driver's aging curve, there's basically a steady improvement that you'll have until you're 39, and then a much more rapid drop off. So like a forty one forty year old is equivalent to about a thirty seven year old and then a forty one year old is equivalent to about a thirty six year old and it keeps going wow. Pace. So
0: That's, that's not why, encouraging for just a regular old Joe Schmo. <laughs> right. I start right. to get dumber when I get into my forties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So so I mean that's the biggest thing that he he was, David Smith was talking, he's like, until basic sur- surgery and eye stuff gets to a whole nother level, if as that happens, then you could potentially see, and reaction time, also all of that coming together, you could potentially see driver's careers extended even longer. Um, but there's just that maturation process that has mm. to happen. And so I think usually around, I'd say by 26 years old, though, it's it's safe to be able to say whether a driver is going along the projected path or not. And okay. so if there's not seeing that steady improvement each year, then you uh, it's time to be worrisome. For instance, a couple drivers that, um, did not follow that track, but thanks to sponsorship timing and all this stuff managed to continue on. Um, are and were actually statistically two of the worst drivers we've had over the last few years, um, were David Reagan and uh, Trevor Bain, who, interestingly oh, wow. enough, both raced today. They the raced today. Truck today. series. And they
0: both uh, had failures.
1: <laughs> yes, although Reagan's day was pretty good. He, just had he, some, was. Uh, he had some pit issues where every time he pit, they lost at minimum five spots in the pits because um, I don't think it was a regular pit crew. And, uh, and then he got caught up in that wreck with two laps to go, that pretty much ruined his day.
0: That was a crazy ending to that. I had to leave the house for twenty minutes, as like it was literally like I don't know, twenty laps to go. Not even. I had to leave the house last minute. So you texted me, and I was like, I don't know what this is about. I have to rewatch it and get home, <laughs> and I saw everything unfold. Uh, but I, w- I will say, I'm going to transition to this. By the way, Kevin Harvick won the race tonight. If we didn't say that. We got caught up in a lot of other crazy things that happened congrats to kevin harvick uh originally i did not want him to win but after listening to his post-race interview and just seeing his reaction how happy he was um i was i was all for it i thought it was great to see him win i thought it was really cool that he let a fan keep the checkered flag I don't know if you saw that mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah congrats to him because uh next week's gonna be either a martin Truex party or someone else
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, uh, and I, it was cool synchronicity, if I'm continuing to throw out words that may or may not actually. Oh,
0: retaliatory works. is a word. Um, it is an adjective of an action characterized by a desire for revenge.
1: Boom. Um, now we'll find out if synchronicity is a word. Oh, point. But, <laughs> but to have Parvik, uh, who, after he won the very first race back at Darlington, and to, for him to get out of the car and have that, like, to see the shock of just no fans and dead silence was a really eerie feeling to have, and so to hear see him get to be the first first race back at Darlington with fans, get out of the car and be greeted by tumultuous applause was was a pretty cool, and he responded to that too, so that was that was exciting.
0: Yeah, it is a word. Woo! I don't just, know what it means, the, but I said it means. The, I mean, it was close. This is. The simultaneous occurrence of events which appear significantly related but have no discernible, casual connection. So it really doesn't mean the same. It sounded Uh, good. Yeah, it sound good. I'm just here fact-checking. Don't worry about me. (laughs) I'm all for it. (laughs) But um, really cool in the truck race, we got to see some old favorites. We got to see Greg Biffle, Trevor Bain, and David Reagan. Uh, personally, I wouldn't hate it if Trevor Bain got to race trucks full-time and he puts Mahalo Coffee Roasters on his truck. Mm-hmm. I'd be all for that. So, Trevor Bain, I know you're not listening, but I'm going to tag you anyway. We've had we've had a conversation before. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's great. I'm saying.
1: And the, after I talked about him being statistically one of the worst drivers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's, he would probably admit it. He'd be like, "Yeah, you're yeah. totally right." Yeah. He's a, he's a he's, humble dude.
1: He seems like it. He seems genuine. Yeah. I, I I was a I was a big fan. I I wish his career would have turned out a bit better, but hmm. um, you know, so it goes. Um, at least he's got a good good stuff going on.
0: Did I tell you uh, I saw him at the motocross at the supercross race at Nissan Stadium last year? No. I walked right by him. He's tall. Oh yeah. I, I thought he was like you know five foot seven five foot eight like most no
1: drivers. right
0: exactly he's a solid he was taller than me he was probably six Oh two. wow
1: like wow,
0: nice. uh, i saw this kid with a flat brim hat which you see them everywhere at super cross races because it's all they wear and i was like i know that face and he walks right by me i'm like that's Trevor bain later <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all i got so that was my interaction it was, yeah it was great uh real quick um touch on this Two more things on Darlington, then we'll move on. Brandon Jones with the surprise win yesterday after Denny Hamlin, out of all people, and Ross Chastain kind of got into it. Was that the last lap or coming to two to go?
1: It was coming to, uh, it was in turns three and four coming to take the white flag.
0: Oh, better.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it was, uh, Hamlin went for the, uh, the deep dive into the corner and the slide job, and it, uh, Kind of similar to Martin Truex Jr. He, he wasn't clear.
0: mm But <laughs> like he was clear. You know, he was he clear, but he yeah. hit the wall, and Ross hit the wall. God, they were both on their own accord. No one really faulted the other. Right. Because Ross was already going to hit the wall, whatever uh, Hamlin did. Right. Um, which I'm so thankful I, for replays. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think if Hamlin didn't dive in that deeply... It probably would have been close, but he drove it in there way too deep. Mm. The slide job just, you know, it couldn't. The car couldn't catch before, and he hit the wall hard. It was not an easy hit, and as the as Chastain tried to cut down, it looked like it, it went from being loose to being super loose. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brandon Jones just scooted right on by, so thank you very much.
0: Yeah, and goodbye. by. That's his third win of the year. I Good think it's him. second
1: win like that too, isn't it? Didn't he have another win that was basically –
0: I think so. I think it was... Was it Kansas? Kentucky? It was one of those. K-Tracks. It was one of those (laughs) (laughs) K-Tracks. That and... um, I guess you could call it kind of a steal. Ben Rhodes broke a 48 win streak, winless streak today, and won the truck Mm -hmm. race. These these Sunday truck races are really throwing me off. I forgot what was happening until you texted me, but I don't hate it.
1: No. I think, especially as a lot of as they're considering having shorter races Mm -hmm. i think having you know saying hey uh yeah i know typically you've come to this 400 mile race but it's only going to be 280 miles or 300 miles but you're also getting a 150 mile truck race before it yep would kind of make up for i'm sold that i yeah
0: i'm completely i would rather see rate uh two races in one day than just have you know seven practice sessions of the same series and <laughs> a and qualifying spread out amongst three days I'd rather see give me give me five races in the matter of two or three days I'm um, in and, and no practice and an inverted qualifying race or something <laughs> um, I'm yeah. there, I'm there for it
1: I I really enjoyed that I watched all the Xfinity race cuz once Denny Hamlin drove from last to the lead in the first stage, I texted you and said, I'm going back out to keep working on yard work because this race is over. And then he came out of the pits like like fifth or sixth, something like that. I'm like, okay, I'll watch him drive through again. And then he he kind of struggled through the field the next time, and there was actually genuinely really good racing all throughout uh, the, the Xfinity race. So that was just a, a great show from start mm-hmm. to finish. And then big congrats, as you said, to Brandon Jones.
0: Yeah. So... Darlington, we're proud of you. You never, you didn't, you didn't fail us again.
1: Three excellent races this weekend. Well done.
0: Yes, and how many? And twenty races throughout the whole year, (laughs) whatever, however many it was. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the NASCAR trip there. Um, uh, side note, we're recording. Like I said at the beginning of of the show, we're recording this right after the race, and we may have to do this again because I'm remembering a lot more. Uh, (laughs) I just want to point that out my 32 year old brain um, so we're going to keep it in the motorsports world real quick get two more things maybe three Let's talk about uh, IndyCar a surprise announcement I think this was yesterday Josh you pointed it out to me they announced uh, that they are returning to mid Ohio this weekend this upcoming weekend for a double header it was originally on the schedule for I think one race and then because of COVID-19 and local government officials they decided to Cancel it and move a race to probably Indy again, <laughs> and they last minute have decided to go back, and I guess it plays in their favor. I mean, mid Ohio is really not that far from from Indy. I want to say it's mm, three and a half, four hours. That's all. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I it's like off some random country road. Uh, mm. Back before uh, Lou and I were married, we uh, we went on a road trip to Indiana and went on our way back to New Jersey. I was like, hey, mid-Ohio, let's go stop by. And it's just like in the middle of a field like (laughs) sort of thing. It's pretty cool. Anyway, so IndyCar uh, has randomly announced they're going there for two races. So we'll have a lot of racing next weekend. We'll we'll have racing on Sunday because NASCAR will be on Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. And they also – I randomly looked this up because I knew it was rumor. Uh, IndyCar and Nashville are in um, pretty serious talks about – having a street course in Nashville. It sounds like they're going to incorporate the stadium with it. I don't know how that works because if, because they want to incorporate the stadium and downtown. That means they have to go over the river. I don't know if a racetrack over a river is a thing. To me, it sounds awesome, but at the same time, I'm a little worried. Because if right. someone wrecks on the bridge, how does that look? <laughs> I mean, oh, obviously, right. they're going to, build, I would assume, build temporary fences, but that, I don't know I mean, if something goes way wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's just me freaking out a little bit. It just seems weird. It sounds awesome, but it sounds strange.
1: Maybe uh, if they make it a very slow portion of the track, if that's possible.
0: It's not though, because these bridges are wow. so wide. It sounds like if you look at the bridges, you're like, "Oh, this would be sick," because the bridges are super wide and they're sh- they're straight. They're fairly. Mm-hmm. I think one of them might curve a little bit, but not enough to slow down. You'd probably be in at full throttle. I would. <laughs> I do i guess i should say um <laughs> so that's that is possibly slated for the 21st or uh, sorry august of 2021 and that's all pending on what next year crowds and whatnot look like their their nd is looking at a 17 race schedule i'm hoping that is gonna kind of include what the original 2020 schedule looks like with laguna seca and richmond being on that schedule We'll see, but yeah, I randomly found that news today. It was as of a week ago, so fairly recent and up-to-date news on that. So we'll just see. Uh, We'll just watch uh, Scott Dixon get his 51st and his 52nd win this weekend, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On to F1. Did you see any of this race?
1: I watched the highlights, and it looked amazing. Oh, well, the highlights were wicked exciting. Yes.
0: So. so my Sundays as of late have consisted. So I'm at church at 630 in the morning and I don't leave till about 1130, 12 o'clock. And I have to turn off all my notifications like Twitter and ESPN, my F1 app, all those notifications. So nothing is spoiled for me. Sometimes I even put my phone on midnight mode so I don't get any kind of text or like if I get text messages, I will not see them until later because I have quite a few friends now that are suddenly Formula One fans. I'm like, all right, cool, you're a Formula 1 fan. Please don't text me. Like, I'm having to send out disclaimers <laughs> like, yo, I can't watch it. Don't tell me anything. Um, so I get home, and I'm like, all right, recorded the race. I'll watch it. And like normal, uh, Hamilton gets a killer killer start, killer lead, and Botas, who started second, gets a terrible start and fades back to, I want to say fifth or sixth. sixth. Yeah, it was sixth, yeah and mclaren takes second and third right away which is so good to see we have not seen this in years these uh, we've seen mclaren do well this year and towards the end of last year but being second and third that's a pretty big deal i mean i was already like like 10 laps in i was like all right if it ends this way this is gonna be awesome for mclaren basically we're fighting for usually we're fighting for third on back or fourth on back so seeing these guys in second and third was really cool so we, we got all that and then the drama slowly starts to unfold, beginning with uh, Sebastian Vettel, who had complete brake failure. He uh, like plowed through the barriers, going through the first chicane, like there's like the big foam barriers, and he just plowed right through them. He's like, I don't have any brakes, so he's gone. So terrible for Ferrari; they can't get their stuff together. They can't figure out. I can't. I whatever I said this last show and probably the show before that, whatever the FIA found in those cars in the off-season must have been very illegal because Ferrari has not shown any speed this year whatsoever. <clears throat> so that happened, and then uh, I forgot that I put in our notes, but then a safety car was was put out because Kevin Magnuson uh, lost power. He lost complete power and had to park the car basically at the, at the entrance of Pit Lane, which is also the exit of the parabolic, also known as Turn 11, and they had to throw a safety car out, therefore um, everyone slows down and whatnot. And usually guys will we'll pit under safety car because it's the best time to do it. And Hamilton and Giovinazzi decided to pit. Well, little do they know, and I'll talk about this in a minute. Uh, they pitted while the pits were closed and didn't realize it. And they <clears throat> received a 10-second stop-and-go penalty, which was just a whole thing of drama. So, before they serve these penalties, we go back racing, and I think two laps after they go green, Leclerc goes through the parabolic and annihilates the tire wall there. Did you see that, wreck?
1: That was scary. Oh. That was such a heavy impact. I was like, oh my goodness. Initially, I, thought, I think on the highlight I was watching, um, they said it looks like another brake failure. And they didn't go into his, you know its highlights are skipping around, and so it sounds like he overcorrected though is what.
0: Yeah, saying. he he simply overcorrected and he lost the rear, and it's just like just like a simple simple mistake. He overcorrected and just went straight into into the tire barrier or the tire rack as I throwbacks and tire racks because was <laughs> I, thought, I just thought it was funny, and uh, yeah if and if you watch the replay you'll see that I don't know if he would been hurt i feel like he probably would have but that halo definitely saved him in some respects because the way he hit that tire barrier i feel like his he would have his head would have gone straight into those tires maybe i hate to speculate on something so serious because it's it was such a scary wreck but um very thankful for the the halos on those f1 cars for for Mm -hmm. accidents just like that just for that so that happened and then um while the safety car is going on, Lewis, uh, the stewards are figuring out what to do with Lewis Hamilton and Giovannazzi. And ultimately, they're served a 10-second stop and go penalty. And Lewis Hamilton is pissed. And they they red flag the race, which I've never seen an F1 race red-flagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the guys get out of the car, and Lewis Hamilton is so upset about this penalties that he even runs to the steward's office to complain. You don't see any video of him like in there but you see him come out of that office so only one can only tell what he was upset at, like yelling about uh so he was really mad about that he serves a penalty we finally get back to green flag racing which they did a restart a st- a, a standing restart so that they basically was that was amazing i was just like yeah. uh so you got lewis Hamilton at first you got lance stroll second so that right there you're just like hmm why is stroll second <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then they go green, and that's when Lewis serves his penalty. He goes all the way back to the field, and he was 30 seconds behind the leader. <clears throat> and so after a pit stop cycle through and whatnot, Pierre Gasly is in the lead, and uh, Kimi Räikkönen second, and uh, Carlos Sainz, I believe, was third at this point. Carlos Sainz finally gets around, uh... Raikkonen after a while and goes after Gasly and long story short cannot catch Gasly and Gasly wins the race his first ever career win first Frenchman to win since 96 uh, so super congrats to him he's been through a roller coaster of a career in the last year after going being at the main team at Red Bull and then getting the boot out of there because his performance was bad having to go back to Toro Rosso now Alpha Tori. And uh he's actually had two great finishes with being with these these guys. At the end of last year he finished uh third. He got a point yeah, he finished third at Brazil and this year he gets a win. So things have turned around for the better for him. So super cool to see. Hamlin worked his way from last to eighth. I'll have to give you my login for F one T V so you can <laughs> so you can watch the replay. <laughs> it was it was too good to watch. And like I, I also had it recording on YouTube TV, and it shows you how long the recording is. And it said those three and a half hours long. I'm like, three and a half hours? This race is supposed to be short because these lap times are like a minute 20. And I was like, what happened? And I'm doing all I can to stay off social media so I don't get the thing spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. And it just turned out to be such a such a good race. Uh, this week they're at Mogella, um, I think that's how you say it. I think I'm butchering it. In uh, Tuscany. So that'll be a fun race. They haven't been to that racetrack in a long time, Mm -hmm. so that'll be that'll be really fun.
1: Yeah, the the thing I because I knew going into it that Gasly won um, because I'd seen it on Instagram, and so and they F one does a pretty good job with their the replays they post. It's about a like a ten minute video or something like that of kind of going through the highlights, and they uh and I'm watching it following and like Gasly like he's you know early on he's in like. 10th or 11th or something like that and then at one point i look he's in 15th and it's like typically with f1 races you don't see guys come from that far back no. to win and so to see and i know part of it was pit strategy a bunch of guys pit pitted when he was in 15th and he moved up from 15th to i think fourth at that time or uh, something like that, yeah um and then obviously worked his way into the lead uh but it was it was still neat to see like watching that i'm like all right. First off, I just know that the podium doesn't include Hamilton, so this is wild. It also <laughs> doesn't include Bottas or um, or uh, Verstappen, who had yeah. big issues, um, ended his streak of podiums, and so like following that, I'm like, how's this guy gonna win? He's in fifteenth right now. That doesn't happen in F1. Right. Go from fifteenth to win. <laughs> and so, right. So that that's cool to see. Um, definitely, I'd I'd love to watch these races. It's just not on at a time that's easy to
0: watch for for those of us who work in church it's not convenient whatsoever um uh, it it was really cool is hearing the genuine um enjoyment that the even the commentators were having with with the podium and and just the results of the race because you know i mean they'll outright say you know we're all tired of of mercedes doing so well and like and that's just a credit to mercedes for how good they have been the past 7 years, 8 years. um but it was just so nice to have something it was like so refreshing to have someone else win, not just like botas winning or max winning, but like someone completely different, a team that is a is a mid-pack team Um <clears throat> with they've got ferrari engines. um so that right there is our was already a surprise cuz ferrari power has not been that great this year just look at Haas um so so it was so cool and and so great to to hear the commentators enjoying it and not just another Hamilton dominated race Um, which just goes to show why Mercedes are so pissed that they're going to the uh to a spending cap in two years and with brand new cars that really won't cater to them at all which hey yeah. bring it on let's do let's have more of that let's let's <laughs> let's, let's pack these guys in because if you look at mid-pack racing every week it's tight it's real tight and then like first through third or fourth it's that's where it opens up a lot so that's what formula one should be for me i'm I mean, just be cars being two you know one to two three seconds apart rather than eight to 17 seconds apart right so yeah um that's kind of motorsports for this week. There was some racing at Road Atlanta for the six hours of Road Atlanta, I guess is what it was called. That was fun to watch. Yep. Um, you,
1: to, you reminded me of that, turned it on for the, the fun of the drama of Juan Pablo getting taken out. Um, oh. So.
0: That was another reason for tire racks. Another tire rack got annihilated in that yep. race. That was scary, yep. too. Yep. Um, so shall we get to your favorite section?
1: yes let's do it let's do play on yellow card red card i throw some statements out there um, if nick agrees with it or thinks it's good he says play on um, if he has uh, is conflicted about it has some pause or caution to his answer then it's yellow card if he disagrees he goes with the red card um, so for kicking things off we're gonna start with uh or we're gonna stay in formula one last week after the belgium gp uh, Max Verstappen said that Formula 1 cars are too fast and need to be slowed down. Really? Yes. He said that it's producing boring races and you can't get close to anybody and race with anybody. Mm,
0: I say yellow card. I mean... Wow. That's, I'm stumped by that. I think what he really meant to say was Mercedes is too fast, therefore it's boring. <laughs> that way I could agree with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm all for tightening up the field, whatever that amounts to. I wouldn't say they're too fast though. I thought that, I feel like they've they've slowed down. I mean, the Monza this past weekend or this today uh, was, in the straightaways they have, they were topping out. With DRS only, I say only, but they're at, like, maybe... I think Hamilton popped, topped out, like, 203, which usually they used to go a little faster than that. So, I mean, I'm fine with the speed.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's more of a downforce thing. Um, That's true. Down, it's just harder to pass, but, I mean, it's... It is hard. It's going to be downforce. Right. Um, all right, so moving on, uh, we'll talk about soccer. Last week, we talked about Messi being the favorite... Or Man City thinking they were the favorite to land Messi, but now Messi is staying at Barcelona to avoid legal troubles.
0: Uh, I'm gonna say red card to this, and here's why because he I, I give credit to him, he's got the dude's got integrity just from this, like, he doesn't want to get into legal trouble. He... His family apparently was really upset at the thought of them having to leave Barcelona because they love Barcelona as a, as a city as a and Spain as a country. Uh, my red card is because he's afraid he's gonna get legal legal trouble if, if he decides to move on but and he didn't want to break a contract but if, a, if the club were to want to break a contract it would have been all's fair like they'd totally be allowed to do that. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, yep. you know, clubs do this all the time, where it's like, oh, we have a contract. It really doesn't mean anything if we have anything to say about it. If we don't want you here anymore, we're going to make sure you're not here anymore. But if you want to leave on your accord, well, then that's a problem. That's why I right. give it. That's why I give it a red card. And also, I'm just bitter that he's not coming to the City, but it's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. So speaking of Manchester City. Um, according to uh sports betting which i'm not a better but i like following sports betting uh, manchester city is the favorites to win the premier league this year at four to six odds you have them as the favorite
0: oh play on duh <laughs> play on. <laughs> of course i could answer play on to that i mean i would i'll i'll want them yeah i mean yeah yeah liverpool yeah. you know they whatever
1: It's pretty. Those are the the three. It's uh, Manchester City's four to six odds. Liverpool is nine to four, and then Chelsea is eight to one. Chelsea.
0: Yeah. They did. Um, I guess they made a late resurgence last year.
1: I thought Chelsea, since they came back from um, the coronavirus break, Mm -hmm. I thought that they were the best team consistently. Their defense just kept letting them down. Like their offense would be phenomenal, and then they'd have like. Two minutes of a mental breakdown and all of a sudden they tie the game 3-3. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Oh, score. <laughs> um, after that, like Tottenham's got the fourth best odds, but they're it's a bit longer odds and it, it keeps getting longer the further it goes. Um, but that'll be interesting to watch. The week starts Saturday, um, 730. I'm looking forward to that. Um, also coming back this week is football, college football mm-hmm. and the NFL. And so, um, with the NFL having no preseason and a lot of teams haven't even been practicing canceling, or canceling, haven't even been practicing (laughs) tackling, um, this will result in some of the high, a bunch of really high-scoring football games.
0: Play on. That sounds great. That sounds like a college game. Yeah,
1: which, speaking of, that's going to be high-scoring, too, I think. Ugh. That's... Yeah. I, think, I think that, I mean, NFL players and college players have already gotten worse at tackling over the years, mm-hmm. which is largely because, you know, there's so much restrictions and how you can practice that, which is largely based out of CTE worries and stuff like that, which is all valid concerns. Um, but also, not practicing tackling causes one to be worse at tackling – which actually causes one to risk it being injured more so.
0: I was going to say, yeah, I feel like injuries, I thought that's what you are going to say, was there's going to be an increase in injuries, which yeah. I would definitely say play onto that too.
1: Right. Um, but I think what you're going to see is really a bunch of pretty bad tackling that leads <laughs> to uh, a simple dump-off pass. and It's like, how did four guys failed to tackle him he's not even that good of a receiver
0: (laughs) yeah I've picked uh the 49ers and the chargers as my defense this year for for fantasy so we'll see how that plays out
1: (laughs) yeah I uh I'm I got a text message saying hey do you want to join our fantasy team again I've been on this team for several years I said yeah just don't make the draft on a Wednesday and they said okay and then I never heard anything again which leads me to believe that they created the league And I joined in it because I keep ending up being in it every year somehow Mm. because they just keep the same teams. And I auto-draft. So I should probably look into that
0: and see. Oh, yeah. You should totally look into that. I'm always (laughs) tempted to auto-draft because I've seen some people do really well with auto-draft. Like, they'll win the league or or get close to it. But I just never can do it. I'm always like, oh, but I need to be in control of my fate. So I've really, I really enjoyed fantasy over the years, too. I used to hate it, but now I really enjoy it. It helps me keep up with the whole sport.
1: Right. Um, and then uh, final one, I'm going to try and pull it up and see if I have a fantasy football team. So anyway. um, final one, the NHL Final Four is uh, two teams that have been traditionally or are known for their deep being defensive-minded with the Islanders and the uh, Stars, and then two teams that are known as being offensive-minded with Tampa Bay and Vegas. Now, this all comes with the caveat that all 31 teams in the NHL are actually defense first, but some are less so, (laughs) and some are more so. But uh, ultimately, we'll see that defense will prove that it wins championships over these these conference finals.
0: Hmm, play on. Did you say Dallas was one of the defensive teams?
1: Dallas and the Islanders are the two teams known for
0: their defense. I mean, it kind of went to show tonight. They won one to nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just based off one game. But yeah, play on, sure. I really can't, I can't dive much more into the, into it. I'm just I can't decide who I prefer in these games. I think I prefer Vegas over Dallas. I know I prefer Vegas over Dallas. But with the Islanders and Tampa Bay, I lean more towards Islanders because we haven't seen them in the postseason as much in the past you enter amount of years compared to the Lightning. But I also don't mind the Lightning. I don't know. I'm just looking forward to some good hockey. I just want to watch it. I just keep, I keep missing it. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, I had a, a few weeks where I didn't get to. Uh, I, it was like 11 or 12 days, I think, I went without watching a game. And it wasn't intentional. It was just like. Stuff was going on in life, and mm-hmm. just busy at nights and things like that. And so, finally, you have to watch the the Flyers Islanders game six, which the Islanders dominated and somehow lost. Um, so it was fun seeing you had three series that were three to one, and in all three of those series, the team that was down three to one came back to force the game seven, and then uh, lost game seven. So
0: <laughs> Isn't that how it goes?
1: Yep. It was all for naught. just shows how difficult it is to beat the same team yep. three straight times. So, um, so yeah, I uh, Vegas is the odds-on favorite to, to win it. Uh, they've analytically been the best team all year and have remained so throughout the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, you know, there's a reason they play the games. And Dallas shut them down tonight. Anton yeah. is has been shockingly good um, in goal. And so... It'll be it'll be fun to see, although I think that, uh, well, I don't know. The Islanders' stars being the Stanley Cup Finals would be, like, one of the most surprising things to me. Like, if mm. you told me that before the season, I would have said, no way. Um, if you would have told me Vegas versus Tampa, I would have been like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So right. we'll kind of see how that unfolds.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's so, a, a good point one of the commentators made tonight. You may have heard it. Um, so in the closing minute, minute and a half, uh, Vegas iced the puck and they had already emptied out their goalie. So play stopped and then Flurry went back into goal. And when the commentator made a point, he goes, okay, so why is it that the team that iced the puck gets to put their goalie back in but they can't change the line? I was like, ooh. That's a fair point. What's your take on that? You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, if it's it's you ice the puck. The six players that were on the ice have to stay on the ice. But they the goal. Able, but
0: but the, but they, the goalie has be able to. to do that. Yeah, I I agree. Like you you yeah. don't you, you think that the goalie should not be able to come back?
1: Yeah, I didn't know that was a.
0: Yeah, he came I, back. I must have missed that. Yeah.
1: That, that's messed up.
0: To me. Yeah, I'm that's a, that's a, he he made that point. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Cause like. I'm so used to, like, you know, when play stops and you've emptied out your, no- after you've emptied out your goalie, I'm like, oh, yeah, goalie comes back. You are know, like, logically, you're like, well, of course he's doing that to protect the goal, you know, from the faceoff because you can get a goal really quick or, or what have you. But then I was thinking, like, wait, he's got a point. You're not allowed to change your, your line, so why can you put the goalie back? It was just interesting. I never yeah. thought to look into it.
1: No, I didn't. I, if you would ask me, Two minutes ago, and I said, "Yeah, they got it. They can't put the goalie back in." But apparently, that's something yeah. I would have been wrong about. Um, yeah, and I mean, now I will say I think Vegas probably waited too long to pull the goalie. Um, oh
0: yeah, playoff. I feel like you usually see them pull them around like two and a half, three minutes almost.
1: Yeah. Well, as a lot of analytical studies have come out about when is the best time to pull the goalie, um, what it's shown is that coaches usually wait long, way too long. Um, and so, like, if you're down by two goals. Typically, they'll still wait until about two, two and a half minutes. But really, if you're down by two goals, you should pull the goalie around three and a half or four minutes to go um, because it's just that much more time that you have that advantage. Potentially, now, obviously, the risk is if you pull the goalie and give up goal and there's still three minutes and 50 seconds left, people are like, well, you're an idiot for pulling the goalie that early. Um, but it just, the more time you have with an extra attacker, it's more opportunities to score a goal if you have possession in the zone. So um, right, you get
0: into a rhythm. Like you see, like right. you see guys. It takes them a second, or, you know, to get into that rhythm with that sixth player, and then they're able to capitalize and and get that goal. Lou and I watched that firsthand when we played Calgary. I talk about this game all the time, where we came back from being three two down and one four three was in that. I think we pulled uh, um Slaros with us, I would say two and a half. And we got the tying goal, and that was because they were able to form a good offense in the zone to to score. So yeah, I mean that stuff is so hindsight. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, three minutes way too early. But even sometimes a minute and a half, people think that's too early. I'm like, no, do it, get, be done. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, a minute and a half is generally too late if you've, you're pulling the goalie. Then yeah, um, I would. It, it's at, if at the two minute mark. I mean, obviously, if you don't have possession, not. But as, if you got possession, you're working towards getting it in the zone, or you're in the zone, pull that goalie, no later than the two-minute mark. Um, should be even possibly earlier, but um, yeah. So it'll be it'll be an exciting next few weeks. Um, it's funny because it's starting. Typically, in a normal year, this would be like, all right, training camps are about to start for the NHL. Um, so it's starting to get into that mental mindset. It was weird watching hockey in August so yeah right i keep forgetting that yeah so starting to kind of get even it's it's interesting because typically like the last two rounds of the stanley cup playoffs like i'm still following and paying attention but i'm not as heavily invested because like it's late may early june and it's hard because the weather's great there's so much more stuff going on so this is kind of a rare one where the stanley cup finals are ending as it's starting to cool down and feel like hockey season's around the corner. It's
0: supposed to start, yeah.
1: Yeah. so um, It
0: looks like, I'm looking at an article right now, it looks like the NHL's aiming to start the 2021 season December 1st.
1: Yes. Yeah, so basically the seasonal end and the month of October will be a wild month of um, the draft and free agency and all that fun stuff, and then training camps will start in November and... The season began in December, so you, yeah,
0: it'd be. You know what's interesting about that hmm. is that. <laughs> so, I guess the the original sports to restart during COVID nineteen NASCAR was like the first one, and then all the other ones slowly followed suit, and now, right like right now, everyone's everyone's happening right now, <laughs> and the, and then, at the end of the NASCAR season, it's gonna be them in football, because hockey will be over technically (laughs) soccer well soccer will be going on um and uh basketball will be over which is not baseball no and base and baseball will be over so it's like oh we're kind of right back to where we started yep interesting off the cuff thought there you go (laughs) cool well anything you want to rant ramble about before we uh get off here
1: uh no i feel like this episode was a bit more ranty and rambly because you know we recorded right after the the race so i liked it say all that yeah i did too um
0: so,
1: i mean d2 and d3 are on disney plus so go watch those i won't go into detail can
0: you di- can you download disney plus movies because i might do that i I have a flight i have like two three hour flights tomorrow so i might do that i don't
1: know you might i'm not sure
0: i'll be a i will be I guess my only rant would be people be okay with losing be be a good be a good loser <laughs> Uh, And I say that because, and I always come back to this with him, Lewis Hamilton was pissed today uh, because of what happened. It was his own fault of him uh, pitting under. It was him and his team's fault for pitting while the pits were closed. And he was furious. He was very, very sarcastic on the radio for a little bit, which you don't hear all too often. But then I saw his Instagram post uh, uh, later today and... It said, firstly, I just want to congratulate Pierre on the win, da 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 da, da. and he, like, he went on just saying, just congratulating him, and then he said, you know what, we had a rough day today, but we're going to bounce back. Basically, that's what he said in a nutshell, and I was like, you know, you have every reason to put blame on FIA, like the stewards, formula, like everyone but yourself, and you took a little bit of ownership of this, so I'm proud of you. So, be better people. Take ownership when you mess up. I'm talking to myself, and it'll make and you better. Church, and Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, <laughs> it'll it'll make <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll make you it'll make you a better human. Just stay humble. <laughs> hashtag stay humble. Is that still a thing? Are we still saying hashtag before stuff?
1: Uh, You know, they tried to kill it, but we're bringing it back. (laughs) We're
0: bringing it back. (laughs) I'll put that in the notes. Uh, Cool, folks. Well, you're probably listening to this. I might release this on Tuesday because it's Sunday, and I don't want to wait. I'm going to edit this bad boy on the plane tomorrow. Yeah. Cool. Well, with that, I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye.